about tonight's Democratic debate that you're not going to watch coming up. You're not going to watch it. Don't lie to me. They're not lying to you. Nobody's even claiming they're going to watch it. They don't care enough to lie. There are some funny tidbits, though, floating around. And a a poll I'll hit you with. As they increasingly are taking hatchets to each other in a hilarious fashion. Uh, But I wanted to finish off this trust survey that we started in last hour. And the question is, you trust this entity, person, company to do the right thing. You no, believe never, ever trust Whitey. Where's that clip, Michael? What are um, we paying you for? To do the right thing. Okay. So just leave it. Primary doctor finishes first at only 50%. Only 50% of people think their primary doctor will do the right thing. Get a different doctor. That's a little disturbing. Yeah, I wouldn't have a doctor that I thought, you know, probably not going to do the right thing with my kids. <laughs> what? Why did I go? Um, uh, followed by the military, Amazon and Google, they're pretty high on the list. But again, it's only 39 and 38%. So the vast majority of people don't think they'll do the right thing. We're a cynical bunch. And probably for good reason. If misleading you in your search results and selling your data is the right thing. I'm absolutely sure Amazon and Google will do that. Amazon's worse than they've ever been. Since that story broke a while back, just a couple of weeks ago, right? When that story came out that... Be careful when you search for stuff. The stuff at the top is not the most popular or best. Oh, it's right. just somebody paid Amazon to be the middleman. To yeah. get that slot. Right. It's way worse than it used to be, I've noticed now. You can search on a particular product. It'll give you a different product. Or I can and I can search on an author. They'll give you a book from a different author. Wow. They'll just put something else that they want to sell you at the top. Oh, boy. I'm not looking for socks. I'm looking for shoes. Yeah, but how about these socks, huh? These are something, aren't they? you got to wear socks with shoes, right? Buy these socks. Almost makes searching pointless. Yeah. Um, but after that, it's teachers. This is this one's tough. In between teachers and the police, which only 30% of people believe police will do the right thing. I guess that's your life experience. I, I think t- the police will do the right thing. Or most what you've of the seen time. in the media. And it's, you know, it's general. I don't, I don't mean always. I don't think anybody always does the right thing. Well, uh, I tell you what, all police, but in well, general, listen, I feel that way. There, there are bad cops. I happen to be a bunch of m- among a bunch of cops in a training exercise recently, in which they were discussing shoot, don't shoot scenarios, and it was a long, serious, impassioned, careful discussion. I mean, your your good cops care a hell of a lot about doing the right thing. Man, we are a cynical crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So thirty percent of people think police will do the right thing. Slightly better than that, 34% of people think Tom Hanks will do the right thing. Oh, what? What does that even mean? What? <laughs> really? Is he a role in a stupid movie just to make money? Is that the wrong? What's the wrong it's thing? Not the wrong thing as far as I'm concerned. What's the wrong thing Tom Hanks is doing to me? Right. That's hilarious. Uh, scientific studies, 26%. Think you're doing the right thing. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's that high. I don't know if it's that high. In fact, I guarantee if you include all university studies that make it into peer-reviewed journals, no, not even, not even. No, they're mostly self-serving. Health warnings and advisories are at twenty-three. Really? Health, health warnings are crap. You walk into this building downstairs. I should go to go downstairs and take a picture. Oh, have you seen I that? Have. have you seen that new sign in front of the door? Is it the, the may cause cancer? Yeah, one? walking oh. in this building may expose you to chemicals that lead to cancer. Well, and get to the punchline. What's the first door on the left in this incredibly dangerous building? The American Cancer Society. Evidently, honest to God, I'm not making that up. 
evidently they're willing to brave the just brutally carcinogenic effects of this average American five-story office building. And then what are my options to not work here? Well, right, because, you know, the cancer. Hey, boss, I'm, can... uh, I'm out front. <laughs> it says I uh, right. says I shouldn't come in. No friggin' way I'm coming in this hell hole. <laughs> and, of course, uh, listen, hold your breath. Go through the lobby. First left is the American Cancer Society. Ask them if they think it's safe. So stupid. Well, and uh, congratulations, Kelly Unicornia. Well, right. And so <laughs> so about 80 percent of people are cynical about health warnings. I know this wasn't your intent, but this is what you've accomplished. You've now made people roll their eyes at all health warnings. So you thought you were helping people. Right. But you're not, because right. now I roll my eyes at all of them when some of them are real. But so many of them aren't. I've become cynical. Hey, listen, quick aside here. I uh, I generally don't wear A&G swag, Armstrong and Getty swag, because I don't want people looking at me. Because I'm the co-host of the show, and I just as soon float through life anonymously. Mostly, although generally when I run into y'all, you're really nice, and it's good to meet you. But I love my Cal Unicornia t-shirt. I wear it all the time. I love it. Uh, get one at armstrongandgetty.com. I wear a hat. I wear a jacket. It says the name of the show on it. I'm usually playing with a speaker, a podcast, <laughs> as I sit there at the restaurant. Well, and you wear the, hi, my name is Jack Armstrong name right. tag all right. the time. Can we get you some headphones? No, I like it like this. Just right out of the speaker, full volume. <laughs> <laughs> 20% of people trust Donald Trump to do the right thing in this uh, survey. Okay. Uh, he's probably going to get reelected. He's quirky. Labels on food packaging, only 17% of people trust. That's funny. I figure they're accurate. They're pretty misleading, though. you gotta, you, you got to you gotta dig into it. They, oh, they so go, it's all about the serving size. They go out of their way to fool you, so from that standpoint, I don't trust them. Yeah, just, they're you, trying to fool me. If you don't look at the serving size, you're, you're getting nothing out God, of it. We had a great one the other day. My wife's new. It's, you know, January. I'm being healthy. I got a gym membership cereal that she's eating. Yeah. It's got a girl in yoga pants stretching in front of, a, you know, a field of wheat or whatever. Well, case closed. That's uh, that's some good stuff. That's healthy, healthy stuff. And she hadn't looked at the label. I looked at the label. Yeah. Honest to God, has more sugar than Frosted Flakes. What? And Frosted Flakes is a sugary cereal. Oh, my God. In terms of sugar, you'd be better off eating Frosted Flakes than the the woman in the yoga pants stretching in front of the wheat field. <laughs> On the other hand, the newest trend in Seattle, wheat yoga. Uh, Goat yoga? You're old and tired. Boy, this is uh, Warren Buffett. Only 16% of people trust Warren Buffett. Really? I trust him. Uh, That's funny. I, I think he's wrong about some stuff, but, you know, 15, okay. Only 15% of people trust religious leaders. Oh, they're thinking of the rapey priests and the cover-up. Yeah. Uh, you earned that. Yeah. Only 14% of people trust capitalism to do the right thing. I, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that that could yield a very interesting long-term discussion. I believe capitalism... Well, see, that's... Yeah, okay, I think people's idea of what the right thing is has been perverted by the, the growth of sympathy for socialism, where we're supposed to take from anybody who has and hand it out. They are convinced that's the right thing. Whereas a free market, everyone pursues their their self-interest in a lawful way, and that is the right thing, and that's lifted billions of people out of poverty and cured disease and so, a hundred other wonderful outcomes. Read Stephen Pinker's um, what is it? Utopia Progress Now. Moby Dick. What do you what do you what do you think of the modern world? Enlightenment. Enlightenment now. now. That's right. Yeah. Um, so only fourteen percent of people trust capitalism to do the right thing. 
half that trust the U.S. government. Well, that's who runs things if you don't have capitalism. <laughs> well, that's well said. Um, news, you, 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 oh my God, I don't know what to do about humanity. <laughs> news so media. is that twice as many people believe in capitalism than the government? I guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. And yet it would, we are giving the government more and more power to run our economy. I, I'm, you know, I'm We're the cynical mother, bastages. I'm the mother whose son has been arrested for the third time. I'm throwing up my hands. You want to turn your life around? Turn it around. I'm tired of losing sleep over you. I've thrown up my hands over humanity. <laughs> Good luck, Joe. Is Good a luck. Ni- Joe is a nihilist. You want my help? Let me know. <laughs> I'm not waiting up for you. I'm not crying. There's a, my, over disappointment in not you. Sending you money, humanity. No, oh please, no, no. You get arrested again. Call your tramp girlfriend because I'm not coming to help you, humanity. <laughs> Uh, 8% of people trust the news media, also well-earned. <laughs> Eight? What's the margin Eight. of error? It's got to be like three or four. I don't know. Yeah. So we're down to none. We're getting there. Wow. Yeah, well, again, well-earned. Lawrence O'Donnell trusts the media. Wall Street's and, at, and Rachel Maddow. Wall Street's at 5%. I don't know what people mean by Wall Street when they say that, but... Uh, yeah, I don't trust Wall Street. No. I think that's tied to the capitalism answer, too. There's the sense that they will do what's right for the stock, but not, Period. For, <laughs> Period. not for the community. But what, or even the company, for the yeah, love right. of God. Oh, right, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 It's what's best for the stock and me and my Today. friends who have a lot of it. Yeah. Witness um, the guy who got heaved out of Boeing for, I don't know, uh, overseeing all those people dying unnecessarily. He went away with how many million? $62 million. $62 million. Oh, that reminds me. we got to get to that Chelsea Clinton stuff. Yeah. It's a, I don't know why, because it'll just make people mad. Well, what are we doing here? We're just trying to make people angry? Back to your charming <laughs> list. I was enjoying that. I'm down to the bottom. And I'll this, shut up now. This is rich, because we got a late-night joke off about the Oscars coming up after the break. Oh. Um, but this is rich. Bottom of the list, with only 4% of people trusting Hollywood. <laughs> also, well-earned. I'm happy. Also, well-earned. So to throw 8% in this. news media, 4% Hollywood. Wow, and yet they lecture us bitterly from the stage. Well, that shows why, you know, partly why our show is so popular, because we kick them for it. Gen, <laughs> Gen, Gen Zers, whatever they are, they're the group younger than That's millennials. Gen Zers, Jack. Gen Zers? <laughs> yeah, I've got a daughter in it. I know, I should, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm and all about that. So that's that. The people younger than millennials? Yes. Um, they are. They don't trust hardly anything, and you know, they're probably they're probably on the right track. Uh, they tr- they distrust all things, uh, corporate America, all kinds of brands, companies, all kinds of different stuff. Don't never, ever trust Whitey. Whitey, 2%. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. Oh, jeez. Wow, that's hurtful. Um, uh, we'll do the late night joke off about the Oscars. How did uh, Chelsea Clinton end up so rich? There is a debate tonight. We should touch on that. Uh, no, it's freaking stop it. You touch on it. Uh, I'm not touching that. Here, taste oh, this. What do you smell this? What do you think? That's of this? all right. You gave up on humanity. I forgot. Yeah. Armstrong. Right, so why would I bother? Armstrong and nihilism. That's what it is now. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Good 
know, at some point I'd like to get back to the discussion of uh, Portlandia suspending the cleanups of uh, all the poop in the homeless camps because they don't want to hurt the bums and junkies' feelings. I'm talking about bums and junkies. Not your hard-working family that just uh, missed a month of rent. Um, and it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, it's just a living embodiment of, you know, I remember the uh, the whole Dr. Spock parenting craze, like late 60s, early 70s, where you never set any limits for your kids, and you never told them no, and you never, uh, this realism was, was a disservice. It was practically child abuse. And um, and that was debunked pretty quickly as just a disaster. But, you know, there's entire cities being run in that way. And, uh, you know, speaking of utopian idealism, it brings us to a fabulous Hollywood, which has only now uh, recently announced the Oscar nominations. And America has sat on the edge of its collective seat and said, I don't really care. Uh, yeah. And the comedians, of course, on the late night talk shows decided to take a look at that very topic. Yes, indeed. The Oscar nominations. Oh, a late night joke off in which we play three comedians. I will grade each one. I joke Eddie. Professional funny man. We'll grade each one, and the lowest grade getter will be banned from comedy for right. life. 19 of the 20 acting nominees are white people. No women were nominated for best director. That's fewer minorities than in Donald Trump's cabinet, so. That's right, the Oscars are going to be three hours of white people on stage, or as that's also known, the Democratic debates. I mean, I'm glad that at least one black woman was nominated for best actress. Congratulations, Cynthia Erivo. That's exciting. Although, it is kind of predictable that it was for playing a slave. Yeah. I'm not saying she didn't deserve it. But just imagine if every white actor who was nominated got it for playing a supervisor at Whole Foods. Huh? (laughs) White people, you're more than just that. (laughs) That made me laugh. I don't like the theme, but supervisor at Whole Foods made me laugh. This reminds me of why we stopped doing this for a while. Kimmel with a C minus, that's generous. Fallon with a C plus, just because the punchline was slightly more surprising because it referred to Democrats. And uh, Trevor Noah with a B minus, is original enough. And, and again, that's modern grade inflation. I mean, Trevor Noah's joke will get to the university and realize it can't read nor write. Um, but I'm giving it a B minus, and he wins. Well, and Kimmel is banned from comedy for life. So Cory Booker's up on CBS this morning right now. Senator explains decision to exit Democratic race. I don't understand the I don't understand the ratings grab that is having on people that were polling at you know one percent right and having them explain their things. Nobody was right. interested in their thoughts. Is why they're out of the race. Yet you're going to take fifteen minutes of your show and uh, and interview them for some reason. Well, that just goes to show you how political TV, especially in radio too, will take nothing and just spread. I mean, just like a tenth of a gram of peanut butter and attempt to spread it over an entire piece of bread. Oh my content wise, I mean, it'd be like if uh, like right now the, the NFL playoffs are so great right now. If they spent an hour breaking down why the Miami Dolphins were sucky this year. <laughs> Yeah, nobody yeah. would watch yeah. that. No, 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 I don't care. We don't care. They're Dolphin terrible. fans wouldn't watch. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of hand wringing yesterday as a uh, you know a, a black guy got out of the race, and now it's going to be uh, an all white debate. Well, it's going to be an all white debate anyway because he didn't qualify for the debate stage, which is why he's right. getting in. But a lot of hand wringing about that, and I'm I'm confused about the 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 tone on it since it's democrats making this choice i don't know who they're mad at <laughs> i know that's a bit mystifying this whole discussion right it just i know maybe and and the well, candidates were sucky so what do you want what what world do you want to create 
Kamala Harris was a terrible candidate. Cory Booker was not a good candidate, or at least his ideas didn't care. I, does well, anybody phony? Does anybody think it was because they were black that they didn't do well? Absolutely not. That's that's a lie and an excuse. You know, the woke crowd would say it's because you're not woke enough. Democrats are not woke enough. You would ask them, are you saying Democrats are racist? They say, absolutely. You know the whole critical race theory thing. They think everybody's a racist all the time. Um, but Cory Booker, it's worth pointing out, Cory Booker was the son of two IBM executives. He grew up in a posh suburb. He went to, was it Princeton? Stanford. Stanford, then, then Harvard. Oxford. Oxford, I'm sorry. Harvard, please. He wouldn't stop and take a pee in Harvard if he was uh, on a road trip. Um <laughs> This guy grew up with way money, way more money, prestige, and connections than than me, you, or anybody working here, or practically anybody listening. So I don't know, I don't know. I, th- those of us, and I'm talking hundreds of millions of us who grew up, we believed, we were taught, we internalized the idea of a colorblind society where you uh, judge people by the content of their character. This whole modern thing is mystifying. I'm supposed to mourn the phony, affluent Cory Booker going away just because his skin is slightly darker than mine. No. Um, uh, you gotta, never heard him. The guy's had a charmed life. you got to admit, at this point in history, having just listened to those jokes all about how much of this or that race-wise, that the Democratic debate tonight is going to be all white. I mean, it is amazing. It is striking. But I don't know how you would fix that. New polls are out. It's the same four at the top in the first two states. The thing is wide open. Who has any idea? Let's wait till the voting, I guess. Here, here. In America today, there's something illegal about paying de facto bribes by handing fake jobs to the unqualified family members of powerful people. And since it's perfectly legal, naturally, Hunter Biden isn't the only one shamelessly cashing in on his family name. Hardly. Here's one offender. Chelsea Clinton, certified non-genius. Since 2011, Chelsea Clinton has served on the board of a company called IAC. It's a media and online investment company, a big one. When she started serving on the board, she was barely into her 30s, which is a few years of non-distinguished work experience. But IAC paid her like a seasoned expert. She got a $50,000 a year salary plus a quarter million dollars in stock. But here's the real payoff. By the end of last year, her stake in IAC had grown to just under $9 million. Now, the good news for Chelsea is sitting on the board of the company hasn't been very demanding. At the very same time she was collecting millions from them, she was getting $600,000 a year, for example, from NBC to produce a handful of forgettable television segments. She also served on the board of the Expedia Group, which is believed to be paying her another quarter million dollars a year. And, of course, she's kept busy working as vice chair of the Clinton Foundation, writing bad children's books and lecturing America from her perch on Twitter. Read her feed sometime. It'll tell you a lot. She went to Stanford, by the way, unlike you. How much money is that? Well, the average American would have to work five lifetimes to earn the $9 million that Chelsea Clinton collected from IAC for doing nothing. But Chelsea Clinton did it in less than a decade because she had the right last name. Well, that's the way it works, man. That's a, that's a story as old as uh, as politics, man. And it doesn't make me happy about it, but it's it's just it's just a fact. And yeah. you, you know what that was the the NBC giving her all that money, 
Expedia giving her all that money, that was because they thought her mom was going to end up being president. And then you got access to president of the United States, which is worth way more than that much money. Even indirect that's access, a, is, it could be worth billions oh, and billions of that's dollars. That's a great investment. That's just smart business, yeah. giving Chelsea Clinton a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, thinking you'll be able to get a hold of the president that way. I tell you what, and I don't want to dwell on it, because I'm not here to ruin anybody's day, but um, I, I have been this person. I know people like this. I know a lot of you are like this. You're busting your ass to pay your bills, maybe save up a little for your kid's college, and you know just stay ahead of the bill collector. Um, and, and Chelsea Clinton has $10 million fall into her lap because of her last name. But, you know, what are you going to do? And I mean, that's got... always been true. Oh, yeah, and it's not going to stop. Right. <laughs> I mean, we all won the lottery because we were born and or emigrated to the United States. And, and we have a life that, you know, roughly six and a half billion people on Earth can only envy. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, we're people, lucky, too. People around the world could say to me, oh, you just have that because you were born in the United States. And that would be true. Yeah, there's so, always somebody better off that can make you sick. Uh, who's the thief of joy, positive Sean? Comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. You dirty bastard. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, Update on the FISA court case. Uh, the, remember the FISA abuse? The inspector general just absolutely spanked the FBI in the whole uh, process. An update on that. Houston, up. Houston Astros got beat up by Major League Baseball a little bit for cheating their way to a World Series win, a minor slap on the wrist, in my opinion. A couple of guys got suspended for a year, and they got fired from their jobs, but they're good at their jobs, and they'll get new jobs. The key, I think, for practically any punishment is, if you had to do it over again, would you still do the crime? Yes. And I think in this case, everybody would say, yeah. Yes. The fans, the owners, the advertisers, heck yeah, I would do it again. The more I think about it, the more hilarious it is that the Houston Astros got fined $5 million, a record <laughs> fine check, the maximum fine allowed by Major League Baseball, when you could not get a utility infielder who hits two twenty five for $5 million. A, who a, plays a, sometimes. A good starting pitcher, uh, a free agent starting pitcher, might cost you $25 million a year these days. And they got fined $5 million for quite literally cheating themselves a World Series title. Yeah. Uh, Pete Rose, who, if you're old enough, he was a uh, big-time baseball star and one of the greatest of all time, but he got banned for life from baseball because he got caught betting on baseball. He says that what the Astros did was worse than his bets, and he thinks they got off scot-free. I would agree. I think Pete Rose is right. I don't think I, there's any arguing. I that. think what Houston did is worse than him betting on baseball. Especially but, because nobody has proved he ever bet against his team. He always bet his team to win. Yeah, he didn't fix any games. Right. He just bet on them. Right, because he's a compulsive gambler. Where this and one, the greatest hitter, perhaps, probably, in Major League history. Yeah, while these activities directly outcome the sanctity, quote-unquote, of the outcomes of the game. Mm-hmm. Put it in a quick, I think it's much closer to the... I don't know a lot about it, but the, the, the Black Sox scandal, right? That was throwing the games intentionally. This seems a lot closer to that than it does the Pete Rose thing to me. Right, right. Agreed. I mean, if you don't know, they, they always knew, their hitters always knew, if it was going to be a fastball coming or an off-speed pitch. And to me, and anybody who's ever played any baseball at any high level knows that's everything. Yeah, to me, it wouldn't make a difference. I'd still flail and cower and probably wet myself. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> but it's better <laughs> that you said it. But a professional knowing that information—that's that's the ball game. You know, I'll bet AJ Hinch, the manager of the Astros, had to go to his guys and say, "Listen, don't hit 600." I mean, if you do, everybody will know we're cheating. Look, you, Jose Altuve, you're great. You'll hit 340. 
Let's see, you, you're mediocre 303. You know, and he probably signed the batting average. All right, look, we're, you're, you're hitting 420. For God's sake, would you go up there and whiff once? Hey, has anybody come up with that with virtual reality where they wear the helmet, where you get to face major league pitching? That would be cool. Oh. I would love to know that it actually looks like to stand there and have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball coming at me. You or know, a curveball coming at that's, me. Those are the ones, because the curveball looks like it's coming for your head, and then it drops <laughs> in for a strike. Well, but, and <laughs> as a guy who's a little old school, there's guys throwing 90-mile-per-hour breaking pitches now, which is just, it's please, it's beyond the pale. It's like a superhero movie. It can't happen, and yet they're doing it. I've stood in the batting cages with 90-mile-per-hour fastballs coming out of that whole two-swirling uh, wheels machine. <laughs> and uh, number one, those machines aren't as accurate as they tell you they are. <laughs> Stay loose in there, all right? Huh. Secondly, if they were to crank that thing up to 100, even if I were assured there's no way, it's, it's always a strike. You'd be terrified. You would wet your pants. It's too dangerous to stand. You'd be in terrified that. for good reason. Never mind object, laying your bat on it. A hard object is coming at your body, perhaps your head, at 100 miles an hour. That's right. why you're terrified. It's smart to be terrified. Right, exactly. Yeah, major league hitters are astonishing in their skill. <laughs> I mean, astonishing. Anyway. And, and uh, you know, I hear it from certain learned sources that everybody's cheating a lot or a little to steal signs. Houston just got really, really good at it and figured out a technological way to do it better than anybody. They probably ought to get, uh, you know, uh, an award from the Smithsonian to, ban- to, to balance out their fine for Major League Baseball. A couple of news things we haven't mentioned for a while that are of note to me. Britain, Germany, and France are joining the United States in sanctions on Iran. They had held off. Wow. But uh, the Trump put them in a position of, look, you're either going to do business with us or you're doing business with Iran. Which is it going to be? And they chose us because you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the economic powerhouse. That's something he understands as a businessman. I think with China and Iran and a bunch of different things that maybe not all presidents get. Mm-hmm. The leverage of just economic might. Right. But anyway, um, so that's good news that they're going to join in the sanctions because Iran is really getting pinched. Something's going to happen there. I don't know how it's going to break, but something's going to happen there. And Iran announced today they're going to arrest the people involved with shooting down that plane. I think they thought that made them look like, you know, good actors on the world stage and somebody we can respect. I think they're wrong. I think everybody, you're going to arrest them for making an accident? That's not what we do in the United States. We don't arrest the people that made a mistake and the plane went down. You know, in a shocking Middle Eastern twist, Jack, the Shia Ali Khamenei, the leader of Iran, called... uh, Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman, Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia, the well-known Sunni, and said... Hey, look, we got a real PR crisis here. What do we, what do we do? We shot down a plane. Well, Ayatollah, what I would suggest is you uh, execute some poor son of a bitch who just followed your orders and say he was at fault. That's a good idea. <laughs> I think I think that's what we'll do. Thank you for your help, Muhammad. Come on, this poor son of gun who actually pressed the button on the missile system. What was he, a general? He had all, he he had trained himself, he had put himself in position, he had given himself his orders for that night and the rest of it. Come on, it's clearly they're sticking the goat's horns on some poor son of a gun. But why are you arresting them? So you can act like you're, this is justice, we're uh, Bringing people to justice, we're taking full responsibility. Well, I don't know. Maybe that wasn't for the world. Maybe it was for those Iranian students who are tearing up Tehran and setting buildings and cars on fire. Could be. To quiet them down. Or both, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. But I agree with you 
that the current situation with Iran will not last indefinitely. Something's going to break. And, and you know, a lot of the yelling by Democrats on cable news these days, and, and listen, maybe you are a Democrat. I'm going to say something you might like in a second, but a lot of it reminds me so much of when Reagan was really squeezing the Soviet Union and making them squeal and saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the entire Democratic establishment and the media... And the State Department permanent government in D.C. was saying, you got to stop. you got to back off. You're going to bring us to war. Quit squeezing the Soviet Union. It was just like this. Now, the note of caution. Reagan wasn't necessarily going to come out on top. Things could have happened and things could have gone sideways. As it turns out, he looked like a hero and a genius. And you don't know how things are going to go with Iran. You know, the the world has a a funny way of making fools of people who make predictions. But this does remind me, the Democrats practically siding with old uh, Salamander, General Salamander, and just criticizing Trump even when he's right, reminds me of Reagan. And finally, on Megxit, the Queen agreed to allow Harry and Meghan to step away from the royal family. She allowed them to? Yes. She gave them the permission. She's the damn queen, Jack. What do you not understand about queens? I realize you're my grandma, and I'd like you to approve of my lifestyle, but you don't get to tell me whether or not I'm going to do this dog and pony show. I'm quitting. Harry, I would like you to meet me in the Tower of London. I would just like to have a chat and some tea with you. And then he goes up there, he ends up in an iron mask. Or without his head. She could have had him executed. That'd have been something. Oh, yeah. That that sort of queenliness hasn't been done in quite a while. Boy, would that have sent a message. (laughs) Old William would have fallen right in line, huh? Huh? She'd have had him beheaded there, right? Have one of those guys in a big furry hat with the, one of those big, long axes on the pole. What are those called? A pole axe? It's a good name for it. Just, just re- re- hack his noggin right off. Although they wouldn't do that because, again, he's a war veteran. I mean, he's a man, He's a, and he deserves our respect. God, I remember standing but she right, is the queen. right in that spot outside the Tower of London where they used to do those beheadings and having the, the tour guide there uh, uh, explain how they used to do that way back in the day. Barbaric! Having Neil on this block yeah. and the guy with the axe who was almost always drunk because it was a terrible job. And that's the only way he could face his day. It's the only way you could do it yeah. was to be drunk, and so they would miss a lot. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, folks. Yeah. And they have a blood gutter, too. Didn't oh, yeah. They? Oh, yeah. You got to have a blood gutter, which Gruesome. is a good heavy metal band name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Blood gutter. Yeah. They used you want to go see Blood Gutter Friday night? That sounds fun. We'll eat at Rod Lobster, and then we'll go to Blood Gutter. Oh, no, their last album is so pop. Um,. <laughs> Doesn't sound pop. Imagine you got so many head choppings, you got to like build infrastructure for it. This, 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 our times are so gentle and enlightened, unless you happen to live in an area controlled by ISIS um, or Iran, frankly. Um, Yeah, our times now are are quite good. Family Guy once made up a bad word, then got censored for it. (laughs) That's among other stories we've got on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show. Coming up, America's hottest new curse word, Kleeman. We'll tell you what it means after this. Okay, we'll explain what that is in a little bit. That's from a Family Guy episode many, many years ago. We'll explain what that means coming up.
All right. Stay tuned, won't you? A couple of news stories you might want to know the basic outlines of. The president's uh, tweeting, the Senate ought to just uh, dismiss the impeachment charges. Well, a number of Senate Republicans have come forward and say, no, we're not going to do that. It'd be a PR nightmare, and the persuadables in the middle might not like it. So they're going to go ahead and hold the trial if Nancy ever uh, gives up the goods. Did you see the poll? um, Would you like to see Bolton testify? And 66% of Americans said yes. I'd like to see him testify just because he's so saucy. I mean, he, he'll say what's on his mind. And I think he's trolling the president by appearing, saying, I'd like to appear, I'm willing to appear. Uh, because that, that is like the only win Nancy got. In fact, you know, you watch any of your unwatchable political shows on CNN or whatever, the one thing they're saying is, you know, this was worth it because uh, John Bolton said he was willing to testify, so the need for witnesses has become clear. So really, John Bolton gave Nancy Pelosi her win. I'm, she has I'm going with the conspiracy theory that she delayed impeachment to keep Bernie and Elizabeth off the trail, leaning up to the Iowa caucuses. And but, if that ever breaks, it's going to be one of the great scandals in political history. I, I can't see how you're wrong. I mean, what's the alternative? This this two-week or three-week delay is just so important that she had to make the schedule that way, even though it's a disaster for a couple of the leading candidates. She feels bad about it, but she had to do this. I mean, that's an idiotic argument. It can't possibly be true. So I think you're probably right. Anyway, uh, the president says he's going to divert an additional $7.2 billion in Pentagon funding for more border wall. Very controversial, but I tell you what, if the nearly failed narco state on our southern border becomes a failed narco state, you're going to be glad for every inch of wall. And then uh, Sanders, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are feuding because Warren staffers, uh, and, and Liz knows what's going on, are accusing Bernie of saying that no woman can get elected president. Which, are you kidding? Bernie would never say that. He says all sorts of crap that's utterly nuts and would be disastrous policy. But he's not sexist. I think it's pretty interesting that Elizabeth Warren put that story out day before, two days before a debate. Yeah. Uh, is she hoping that is part of it? Does she want to get into it with Bernie on the stage? We'll see. That, that'd that be something. Yep. Um, maybe it's come to a head where they both realize, look, only one of us is going to go forward with our uh, socialist ideas. Mm-hmm. And the trade thing is looking better with China, although there's no big breakthrough and a lot of the uh, tariffs are going to remain, but they'll stop going up and it's a truce. So, you know, the stock market loves it, obviously, and it's not bad news. Um, here's here's bad news. <laughs> Coming up, the bad word that is Kleeman. Stay tuned. Kleeman. Don't st- quit saying that until we know for sure whether it's a bad word. So you remember when the inspector general came out and said the FBI was incredibly sloppy at least, and probably dishonest with getting their FISA court uh, uh, approvals. The whole Carter Page Russian collusion thing, uh, the withheld exonerating evidence, undue reliance on shady sources, outright alteration of evidence, etc., etc. And the uh, Department of uh, Justice has appointed somebody to look into it and clean up the FISA abuse. And this is the Trump Department of Justice, right? Um. They just appointed an, an Obama-era Justice Department official, name of, uh, his last name is Chris, David Chris. Um, I'm sorry, the Foreign Intelligence Survi- Surveillance Court, the FISA people themselves appointed this David Chris to review the FBI's proposed changes. This Chris guy has spent the last two years on Rachel Maddow's show, the Lawfare blog, and Twitter 
defending the FBI, calling uh, Devin Nunes a liar for alleging that the FISA process is loose and dishonest, all the stuff that got proved truth. He once wrote that Trump should be worried that Mueller's investigation into treasonous collusion with Russia meant the walls are closing in. This guy has been a, a cable TV Trump hater and a FISA court and FBI defender for two years now, at least. And he's the guy the FISA court put in charge of investigating the FISA process. Pretty interesting. I don't know. Maybe he's mouthy, but he'll be honest. Um, but, man, that's a little worrisome. He's been a reflexive defender of the FBI for years. Come on. So I won't have time to pay this off. Family Guy, the Simpsons get a lot of uh, talk for being on the air for 30 years, which is a big deal. But Family Guy is about to be on the air for 21 years. That's been amazing. Ar- been around a very long time. They had an episode in which they were going to use the word vajayjay. Can I say that? It's, uh, it's the it's sure. it's yes. Paltrow's new candle. Right. Um, uh, vagina. Yeah. Uh, they were going to use the word vagina, and they were told by the censors there that they couldn't use the word vagina. So they decided to make up a word. Uh, for that area of the human body and called it a cleman. <laughs> what? We have that clip. You got the clip, Michael? Do we have the clip? No, we don't have the clip. Play the clip. Okay. So they swapped out the word. Coming up, America's hottest new curse word, cleman. We'll tell you what it means after this. <laughs> so I don't know how they worked it in, but. Uh, like that. <laughs> um, they swapped out v- vagina for cleman, and then. In a future episode, they wouldn't allow the word cleman because they said it was too dirty. The network so they said it was a word for vagina. So Family Guy invented a bad word. 